Thank you, gentlemen. This is rumor control. Here are the facts. So another thing I worry about is that I'm in my 30s, I'm almost 34 now, and I know that there are so many girls out there who are younger and, and better looking and in better shape than I am, and they will be for a long time. Um, and that's something I worry about, that if my personality and my accomplishments don't really count for anything, then I'm... I'm man, that, that window is really uh, running out here. Welcome. How'd you like that for an intro? Well, today we're going to be talking about the epiphany phase. Now, I have uh, discussed the epiphany phase on several different occasions. In fact, I have been sort of peppering in uh, the, that term, the epiphany phase, um, for the last probably, gosh, almost like three weeks, four weeks of, of shows right now. Um, it's impossible for me to talk about an alpha widow uh, without uh, in, in interjecting the epiphany phase for women. Uh, it's impossible for me to speak about, um, uh, you know, the timeline of, of what you can expect from women. Uh, it's impossible for me to talk about the war brides dynamic without uh, also mentioning the epiphany phase and the priority uh, that women give certain aspects of their mating strategy at different phases of their lives. Uh, today, I'm going to define what the epiphany phase is for you guys. Uh, this is another one of those terms that I came up with way back in the day. Um, go back as far as the uh, the uh, foggy days of SoSwav when I was a moderator on SoSwav, but also uh, in plenty of my earliest articles on the Rational Mail. You'll also find it in, there's a, a dedicated chapter to it in uh, both the first book and the second book, uh, The Rational Mail and The Rational Mail um, Preventive Medicine. So you'll find it in both of those books. Um, and so uh, if you've read the books, you're, you're probably already familiar with it. And I can't exactly uh, expect guys to, um, to have a working knowledge of what the epiphany phase is. Now, we probably you've probably heard me refer to it several times. You've probably heard Rich Cooper. You, uh, absolutely, you've heard it from Rich Cooper. Um, definitely from Carl from Black Label Logic. He has a, a, a pretty good... Uh, seminal article on what the epiphany phase is. And um, I get criticized for what the epiphany phase ends up being quite a bit, but uh, not for the reason you, you probably think. Um, I, and I think that a lot of guys conflate the wall with the epiphany phase. And so that's the first place I need to start today because you can't really even talk about the wall or the aspect or what we consider the wall with respect to, you know, women's, um, let's say marketability in the sexual marketplace without understanding the phases of maturity that women go through and the epiphany phase being the one that is preceding really the wall, or it is at least preceding the time in which women have to start making decisions as to, as to what their long-term security is going to be like. So we're going to, we're going to rewind the tape here a little bit. I've, I've pointed this out several times. This is the, um, this is the timeline that is 
uh, represented in my second book, the um, uh, preventive medicine, rational male preventive medicine. And again, this was a an effort to give guys um, some, I don't say warning, but give them some kind of uh, roadmap anyways, as to what they can likely expect from women at various phases of their maturity. Now, the biggest, the biggest criticism that I get when I, I put this up there is, is people will say, well, that's not my culture. That's not my ethnicity. That's not my country. That's not my whatever it is. And the, the fact remains is that women more reliably follow this than not. Okay. I'm not saying this is 100% accurate in every single case. In fact, anybody giving you something like that, I would, well, would consider that they're probably trying to sell you something. I'm not trying to sell you on anything. I'm giving you a predictive framework. I'm giving you something to, something to think about at various stages of not only women's lives, but also your own life. So uh, I have to also explain when I wrote the second book, Preventive Medicine, it was an effort, an effort to uh, give guys um, that 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 predictive power right that, to to say okay this is this is where she is at in life right now this is what she's really about now a lot of guys will say well she, they don't you know not women not all women are like that not all women go through those particular those particular phases well that is true but you have to look at the underlying um, biology and the evolution and the sexual strategies the mating strategies that go along um, that that coincide with this so I, I will get, th this will get thrown in my face every now and then people say, well, you know, uh, I got married at 19. Yeah. Well, statistically, if you got married earlier, you are, uh, you have a higher instance of divorce. And I would argue that that higher instance of divorce is usually a result of making up for missing out on this particular timeline here. So I'm going to run it, run, run you really quickly along here. Uh, I started at 15. I go all the way up to 50. Um, if you look at the, um, the actual sexual market value graph here. Uh, this goes all the way up to 70. Uh, I started at 15 because usually that's when I get the questions from guys in high school. So I'm just clarifying that right now. I uh, have uh, a, a section in there called the break phase. And the break phase is usually right around 17, 18, 19 years old. That's usually when uh, high school sweethearts have to split up, right? They, she's going off to college or that he's going off to a different college or something like that. It's usually the break phase. And I, I include that in there because I really felt that that was really important for, for young men more than anything to understand what was going on. And then, of course, there's the party years in the also known as the hoe phase, I guess, right now as well. And uh, I, I don't think that that is a hard sell for anyone anyone right now, um, particularly not in the manosphere, but if you are just getting into this, if you are sort of a red pill noob or you don't know what, you've never heard of any of this kind of stuff before, I think even the party years is pretty pretty easy to understand. Now, I've, I've hit on this many times before. I've hit on the, uh, the party years usually goes from about 18 until about 28. And this is when women are at the peak of their sexual market value. It's, they're at the peak of their agency. And I mean agency in the sense that they have the most sexual selection. They have the most power over the choices that they make at that particular time. This is when most men want to get with a woman who is younger, hotter, tighter. At every, at every age, between 15 all the way up to 95, men find women between the ages of about 21 to 24 the most attractive and averaging right about 23. That's why I peg women at... The sexual market value peak, which is right there at 23 years old in this graph.
So there you have that. Now we've explained that we've got a little bit of review just so we can understand what the epiphany phase actually is. So if we go back to our timeline here and you look at the epiphany phase, I started right around 29, well, 28. 28 is is about when women start thinking about this kind of stuff, like uh, the, the TikTok video that I played here uh, in the intro. This is when, this is, it's too late, okay? This is our, she's already past the point of, of the epiphany phase, but this is almost like a late life recognition of it. And when I wrote the, uh, the essays and the articles and I was analyzing what the epiphany phase was, this is usually the time in which women realize that they need to settle down. And a lot of things happen at this time. It's very important that men understand what's going on with women right around 28, 29, 30, 31 years old, right in there. Certainly, the epiphany phase is between 29 and 31. And this is the time that a woman decides that, well, she's done with the bad boys. She's had her fun. She's, uh, you know, maybe she's an alpha widow. Maybe she's not. Maybe she realizes it. Maybe she doesn't. Uh, and in a gynocentric social order, we convince women or the, the popular culture, cultural narrative is to convince women that the party is never going to stop, that they can be sexy at any age, that they can be sexy at any size, that they can be sexy at no matter what it is that they've done, whatever the consequences of the, their choices up to that point, being 29, 30 to 31, uh, make no difference. And if, if men don't find them attractive, it's because of society. It's because of patriarchy. It's because of insert whatever rationale fits the narrative that convinces women that their sexual market value, that their agency and those years are evergreen, that they're just going to keep going and the party's never going to, the, the, the lights are never going to come on at the club, girl. You just keep going. And the longer we perpetuate that, the more likely you're going to get this girl right here. Okay. At 34 years old, she's just turning, I, said, I think she said she was just about to turn 34 years old. And she's beginning to realize a few things. And I'm going to, I'll, I'll play this once, once more, just so we can sort of pick through it again. I wanted to pick a, pick it apart here. The thing I worry about is that I'm in my thirties. I'm almost 34 now. And I know that there are so many girls out there who are younger and, and better looking and in better shape than I am. And they will be for a long time. Uh, okay. So that right there, let me push myself up here. That right there is the voice of the epiphany face. And she is in, in, according to my book, she is on this side of the epiphany phase, meaning that she's about, th she's 33 years old. She's approaching 34 years old, and she's now making this acknowledgement. Now, this is when women get that insight. Women will, will scream and yell and screech as loud as they can about how, you know, it doesn't matter. A girl, a girl can be sexy until she's 40. And even, even a lot of well-meaning, you know, black pill guys and MGTOW guys will say, oh, it doesn't matter. She just spread her legs for anybody and she can have anyone she wants. Well, problem is, is that girls like this who get to this phase don't want just any guy. They're looking for the top shelf guys. I was just reading article an article this morning about um, how... What is it? Seventy-eight percent of women are looking for twenty are are hunting for twenty percent of the top-tier guys, leaving eighty percent of the guys to sort of you know scrape after whatever's left. I would argue that one hundred percent of women are looking for that that top twenty percent of guys, but at some point along the way, uh, usually right around the time that we peg women hitting the wall is when they begin to have some kind of insight about this and they realize, hey, I can't compete with the 30, the 20, I, she's 33, 
She's even admitting this right here. I can't compete with my 23-year-old self. And this is a realization and this is something, and it's a it's a point of contention and it's a point of anxiety. Yes, I got it all, I got all of that. And every at every step along the way, the the reason why women get to this point right here is because that every step along their lives, they've been told, don't worry about it. You go, girl. If you can't find a man, it's his fault. If a man isn't into you, then he's not the one for you. He's not the right guy for you. It's never about qualifying for men. It's only men qualifying for women. And that's a, a, definitely a result, a product of a gynocentric social order that continually tells women that there's no, there's, there's no standard for them. There's, so there's only standards for men. And so when women, when women get to this point where she's at right now, she is technically post epiphany phase. Now, a lot of people will say, well, she's wall. She's, she's hit the wall. Yeah, she probably has hit the wall. However you want to define that. Most guys make the mistake of thinking that the wall means that she's just not good looking enough anymore. Okay. Okay. Possibly. That is definitely part of it. If that's the case, if your only criteria for the wall is physical beauty, physical fitness, physical attractiveness, physical arousal cues, all that kind of stuff, then yeah, you can certainly make that case. I would argue that women do not hit the wall until she, they make exactly this acknowledgement, until they have that insight. This is the voice of the wall. This is the voice of the epiphany phase. And again, like I said before, she's kind of late to the party. She should have been having this conversation with herself when she was 28. And dealing with how am I, you know, what, what's, what's coming down the, what's coming down the lane here? What's coming down the pipes, right? What am I, what am I going to be doing for the rest of my life? How am I going to, and, and remember when I talk about like long-term security for women, I think a lot of women make the mistake of thinking that I mean financial security because the first thing out of any woman's mouth is when I say women's long-term security needs far outweighs the alpha seed side of hypergamy. They're always looking for the, the, the beta buck side. And I, I'm, I mean that in the most neutral sense that I can say it. it's the three P's, right? It's protection, provisioning, and parental investment. Women have more of a need for those th that the three P's and the beta buck side of hypergamy throughout their lives for the majority of their lives than they do for the, the hot guy in the foam cannon party, right? They're the, the hot alpha seed, the, the guy who's the good physical specimen, the guy who's the, gen, the best genetic quality that she could get. She's only got about 10 years to lock that guy down or to have his babies and then find some other guy to like retroactively cuckold him with. But at this stage right now, she's too far out of the game. At 34 years old, she's too far out of the game. And she knows this. And this is why you get this TikTok video. And this is what I would get. And I, I haven't seen the, the comments to this. And I don't know what else is going on with this as well. Again, I'm kind of like looking at, at like people are sending me TikTok videos after the last video that I did with the two girls that got age restricted for whatever reason. Um, I'm, I'm looking into uh, people are sending me other other TikTok videos. If you want to, by the way, uh, if you want to send me TikTok videos, I am more than, than willing to consider doing shows about these. Um, because I think these provide really good examples. And I don't mean that in the sense that it's like, oh, fresh and fit. Well, we're going to just, you know, put, you know, put women on the spot. I think it's important to hear the red pill from the lips of women, right? From, from the voices of women who are experiencing these particular times, because what it does is it validates this predictive framework for guys, this predictive framework for guys. It's very validating of that. And you can see it there live in person, you know, and, and it, it's, it's readily available because so many women have these same anxieties. And again, I'm not doing this to like say, aha, you know, I'm not, ha, ha. that's not, that's not my, my point here. 
My point is you need to know what's going to happen. You need to be able to predict what is going to happen. And ladies, if you're watching this for the first time, you also need to see the forest and the trees. Because right now, if you're just got your your mind on whatever whatever the next party is or whatever the next thing you're, it is that you're doing and not thinking in terms of long-term perspective you can this is you this is you at 34 years old and go you don't believe me go look on tiktok go just go hunt down you know videos like this or or or, or uh you know common let's see common woes of the modern woman i can't find the right guy what happened to the what happened to those good guys this is the voice of the epiphany phase um. And that's something I worry about, that if my personality and my accomplishments don't really count for anything, then I'm, I'm, man, that, that window is really uh, running out here. Yeah, it is. It's most definitely running out. If not, if it hasn't run out already, statistically speaking, she's most likely going to be single and childless for the rest of her life. I, and I don't take any particular joy in having to announce that or have, having to, to, to relate that. I have a daughter who is 23 years old and I don't want to see her at 34 years old have, making this TikTok video. I would very much like everybody who watches to have a great relationship with whoever it is. I would very much, I don't care what branch of the manosphere you're from. I don't care if you're a feminist, I don't care whatever it is, changing your mind, not only about yourself, but also about your the, the situation and the circumstances that you're in. There's a blue pill for women just as much as there's a blue pill for men. And this is it right here. This is where you get to. And of course, she's, uh, you know, she also mentions a very common uh, misgiving, I think, which is uh, if my personality and my achievements and everything doesn't count for anything, well, then I don't know what I'm going to do. That right there is a product of at least 33 years or close to 33 years of being told that those achievements and that personality and everything, all those esoteric ephemeral things, those are the, it's what's on the inside that counts, girl. All that stuff that's led up to that point. I'm not saying that personality isn't important, but what she's doing is she's she's conflating value. She's she's uh, She needs to separate value. And I don't care what age a woman is at. She could be at 70 years old or she could be at seven years old separating that value, understanding what your sexual market value is versus what your personal worth is. And that's the problem. That's how you get this. That's how you get women on antidepressants at record rates. I mean, and I mean through the roof record rates because they're depressed about their, their propositions. They're depressed about that security, the, the security potential. And as I was saying before, it's not just about finances. It's not just about your personal uh, achievements, ladies. It's about, your need for emotional security, your need for protection, your need for security in parental investment, your need for security that you're going to be you're going to be in a loving, long-lasting relationship, and hopefully it was like your 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 parents or whatever. I don't know, but you want something that's a little bit more ideal for yourself. That's a form of security. It's not just about finances, because the first thing out of women's mouth is, "I make my own damn money." Okay, well, fine, but does that money provide you with emotional security? Does that, does that money provide you with a guy who's going to protect you in the middle of the night when the intruder comes into the house as Myron Gaines always used, likes to use that illustration? That's what I'm talking about. There's more to security than just finances. There's no, more to security than just buying a big dog to, to, to protect you at night. So there's that aspect of it. There's the aspect of, it, of, of wanting to have something that is a little bit more long-lasting, starting a family. Start, that's, you want to talk about human nature and human's innate nature for tribalism? That's it. That is it right there. The angst from all of this is the idea that 
because she's a great person, she's just a swell, nice girl because of the way that she is or because of her achievements or because she's got her own damn money or she's got her own damn career or she went to school for X amount of years doing well, God knows what, that that in some way should make her more attractive. No, that makes men more attractive. That does not make you more attractive. Men could give a damn about what you do for a living. I'm sorry to say that. I mean, yeah, please be employed. Please be a productive member of society. Got it. But most men don't care if you're a barista. Most men don't care if you're a sandwich artist at Subway. If you're hot and you're available and you're younger, hotter, tighter, you're fertile, you're young, you look good, you're, you're, you're feminine, and you found the guy that you really that you want to get with, the guy that you have a genuine desire for, those are the things that guys are looking for. They're not going, hmm, I wonder if I could find a doctor or a lawyer. They're not, that's not what they're, those are the criteria that women hold for men. And that's the problem with masculinizing generation after generation of women is when they get to this point, when they get to the epiphany phase, they don't know what to do with themselves. They believe that their attraction and their quality should be intimately linked with who they've become or what they've built of themselves. That is, that is a male cue for attraction. That is not a female cue for attraction. So when you get to that point, it, it can become very, very disconcerting. I, I can't compete with these young ladies. I can't compete with my 23-year-old self. That is the voice of the epiphany phase. That's also the voice of a woman who has realized that she is at the wall. The wall, once again, doesn't start here. She could very, I mean, she's not, I mean, she's not, you know, a knockout, but it's not like she couldn't go to the gym and, and look a little better. It's not like she couldn't do some things to improve her chances. It's not like she couldn't do that. She could. It's not hopeless. It's not a hopeless case. But the thing is, is the mentality is that what she's done and who she is as a person should make her that much more attractive. And in some cases, you know, ephemerally, sure, that's that's a side benefit. It's not like guys don't want to have a woman who has something else going for them besides their looks, but that's primarily what they're looking for. That's where it starts anyways. So when women say, well, what about my achievements? What about me? What about my sense of personal worth? Blah, blah, blah. It should be, it should be more than that. Yeah, well, in a perfect world, I'm sure it should. But we're talking about biological, empirical, you know, realities here. So what is the epiphany phase? The epiphany phase is this, is that once a woman gets to be about 29 to 31 years old, that's when she decides, or usually she has that insight that this woman is having right now, which is the party's not going to last forever. And that's when you get self-rationalizations. That's when you get women talking about how they want to get right with God, how they want to start doing things the right way. I'm not going to have sex with him on the first night. I'm going to make him wait for three dates, right? Or I'm not going to, I'm going to make him jump through all these hoops. I'm going to make that, you know, maybe he's not the best guy for me, but uh, I'm going to see if I can make it work out with this guy because at least he loves his mom and he's a, he's a good candidate for the future. Women's priorities change according to whatever their phase of maturity is right here. So a woman between the ages of say like 15 years old, a young lady, a teenage girl for between the ages of 15 years old and say right about uh, 26 or 27, that's when women are primarily concerned with short-term alpha. They're looking for the guy who is just hotter, the guy that, because they don't really have much frame of reference when it comes to long-term security at that point, because they're just simply enjoying the moment. It's, uh, as Myron says, it's like getting your key to the candy store early and men have to earn that key to the candy store where women are just simply given it, given that, that key. And then after a while, that key is taken away from them at about 29 to 31 years old, right in there. So the priorities that women have for men between the ages of 15 and right around 28 years old are different, are prioritized differently. I'm not saying they, they just vanish. I'm just saying that they're prioritized differently. 
So now it's like, I can't lock down the hot guy in the foam cannon party. It was fun to have sex with him. It was fun to have all that side. I was so wild in college and my, my hoe phase and my party years and, you know, hanging out with my girls and going in the clubs and everything else. But now I am 28, 29 and right on cue, right in, right on time is when the narrative says, oh, you've, you've matured. You are someone new. You are a more mature, you, you're, you're more wise in the world, right? You've, you've, uh, you've completed your journey of self-discovery. And so now we can sort of, women can sort of align themselves with this idea that they are more mature. And now we can't find any mature guys who want to get together with them who are ready to go right at 30 years old. I mentioned this in the, um, in the, the a couple of, I was a, a last, last week's episode, week, week before I, I was talking about, uh, how, um, Ross and Rachel from Friends, like where they had the, the joke that was, you know, if we're both single at 30, then we'll get married. That's the that's pretty much the mentality is except for there's no Ross and there's no Rachel. It's just a woman at 29, 30, 31 years old saying, OK, where's my Ross? I waited or he should be waiting here for me. He should be nothing sexier. right? <laughs> he should be a, a Sambergian hypergamy. He should be right here, but he's not there now. And at 33, 34, that's, you know, the year <laughs> the clock is ticking here. Now, my biological clock is ticking. And that's another thing that bio that the myth of the biological clock just coincidentally, just conveniently happens right around 29 to 31 years old. Imagine that. That is the epiphany phase in a nutshell. So when women go through that phase, it's usually they have um, they, they, they adopt this rationale that they're doing things the right way. That's when you'll see women who, um, depending on whether they're single mothers or not by that point, but that's when you'll see women return back to the church or return back to their family or return. It's like the prodigal daughter returneth. And now she's going to do things the right way. Uh, she had her fun. She got burned. I, I went out with a lot of jerks, but now I'm done with that. You will see exactly this narrative. It's, it's, it's a cliche. You will see this narrative repeated over and over and over again on on, if you look at the women between the ages, say 29 and 31 years old on Tinder, you will see this narrative repeated endlessly on there. It's always the same thing. If you're not serious, swipe left or whatever. So I don't know which, I don't even know which way you swipe, but swipe away. You know, don't even bother with me. Well, that woman at 29 who's saying, don't bother with me if you don't want to get serious turns into this girl at 34 years old. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I thought it was all about me being a good person. I thought it was all about my own. And of course, then what happens is like, the, again, the narrative is right there. The gynocentric social order, the gynocentric narrative is there to reinforce the idea that it's not her fault. She did everything right. And these men are not participating. These men, the men that she wants to get with, remember the top 20% of guys that are the only ones that will do, don't settle for anything less, ladies. Those guys, they're an immature they're not there. They're not waiting for you. They, you know, who knows what the society has made them what they are. And it's always, of course, it's always society, right? It's always a social construct. It's always, it's all, well, you know, the, these guys aren't living up to what they ought to be, even though you had your fun, you did exactly what you did in your whole phase, your party years, and then expected there to be, you know, to, you, you are going to stick the landing as Dal Rock has said, you know, you're going to do and have your fun and everything and you stick the landing, ta-da, you know, and you're done at, 30 years old and you found the right guy and, and suddenly everything worked out for you because um, fate or God or whatever it is smiled upon you and you did things the right way. And that's where women get that. 
So when you meet women or you're talking to women who are like, if you're a guy right now, then here's some advice for you. Here's some actionable, reasonable, usable advice for you. Okay. If you're a guy and you're in your prime and you're in your, you're hitting your stride at say 35, 36 years old, obviously the girl who's 34, who's bemoaning all of this stuff, who thinks that attraction ought to be centered on who she is as a person and all of her accomplishments and, and everything else. You can feel sorry for that girl, but you have to remember that these are these are the same women who just 10 years ago wouldn't have given you the time of day in the club. And so, but let's just say for sake of argument, you say, okay, I'm 36 years old. I'm looking for it now. I, you know, I, I can be sexually selective. I, I don't want a girl who's like 20, but I don't want a girl who's like 34. What am I looking for? Maybe 27, 28, whatever. That is why this is very important. It gives you a predictive framework as to what you can expect because women at their most necessitous are women between the ages of 20, 29 to 31 years old. That's when usually this, the, the epiphany phase locks in and that's when women become more, if, if for lack of a better term, become more insightful as much as women can become insightful. That's when they start thinking. And it's not so much insight as it is. I better get off of this carousel i better get off i better get out of the i better grab a guy by the hand and get out of the club before the lights come on at 28 29 30 years old and that it behooves you as a guy to realize that that is in a general sense in a predictive framework sense that's what you're going to be dealing with leverage that in your game understand what you're dealing with if you do not want that then don't target that if you want something that you want a woman who's a little bit younger, who is not quite as you know desperate or is not quite, a, you want a girl who's really into you for you, who has a genuine desire for you. It's one thing to have, it's one thing for women to have a genuine desire for a guy that is motivated by just this organic, like, I, I can't believe I, I got this guy. I can't believe I'm with this guy, like the, the ride or die girl. That's one form of like genuine desire. Another form is, this guy is my best bet. It is a desire that is motivated, incentivized by what that woman is going through. So when I get criticized for talking about the epiphany phase, it's usually because guys think that I think that there's some nefarious fiendish plot by some you know cabal or Illuminati of women going, ha ha, well, when we get to be 30, like Sheryl Sandberg is there going, all right, girls, when we get to be 30, this is what we're going to do. That's, that is not at all what I mean. Not at all. What I'm whenever I talk about this, it's not that women, maybe some do, but like it's not that the vast majority of women, when they hit the epiphany phase, it seems very genuine to them. That it's, it's a natural progression. It's a natural flow. They, they would pass a lie detector test if you talk to them about, do you really think that you're going to get right with God and you want to fly straight and, and finally, you know, get monogamous and, and be a settle down and be a, a, a housewife or, you know, be a mother or whatever. They'll, they'll tell you yes, like emphatically yes. Whereas maybe two years prior, they would say, no, no, I'm not. They would have a different opinion because the priorities for them have changed. So the hot guy they still, it's not that they still don't want a hot guy, but they want the hot guy who also has prospects. He's also got potential. He's also got benefits. He's a potential winner, like I was saying before. Like they have to, they have to bet their most fertile reproductive years on whether or not that guy is going to cross the finish line and be the winner that they think he is. You want to know about why women hate the idea of trophy wives so much? It's because it's a loss. It's it's um, it's uh, what is it? Loss a loss, not a loss leader. It's a it, 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 it's a fear of loss is what it ends up being. It's um, 
a loss of investment because and that investment in this case is women's most eight their 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 most fertile years right when when are they going to be the most when are they going to have the most sexual agency when are they going to have the most power over their lives is usually like I said, between like say 18 and 28 years old. If a woman says, I'm going to invest those years in this guy in the hopes that he's going to be a winner when he gets to be his thirties. And that guy finally, you know, he doesn't have much money when they get together. You know, it's like, it's like living on, it's like Bon Jovi living on a prayer, you know, where we don't have much, but we're going to get by kind of thing. And she says, okay, fine. I, I love you, Johnny. And they, they, they build a life together at 25 years old and they're a young couple, but they're going to make it right. We're going to write songs about this. And then, that guy becomes over, over the course of that time, he becomes more right. He, because men have to become women just are, as I said. And so she's investing those years into Johnny becoming more than he is. And Johnny does, right. He makes partner in the law firm or he becomes a surgeon or he, he has some high paying job that he's, you know, he's trained for. Right. And what women fear and the, the reason why you have the trope of the trophy wife is because Women fear that they will put all of that investment into that guy. And then eventually when that guy is finally hitting his stride at 36 years old right here, 34, 30, 38, somewhere around there, when he's starting to hit his stride, that's when he's going to leave her. That's okay, baby. Thanks for, thanks for helping me out. See you later. I'm going to leave you with the kids, right? Well, that's why there's alimony. That's why there's child support because men can't be trusted. And You'll see a few examples of this where like the, the really high powered guy ends up divorcing his wife of, you know, 15 years or whatever. And he gets with his hot, blonde, blue eyed, big boob secretary. Right. And so and that's a, the, this is, of course, an example of the apex fallacy, which is women look and they see that and they go, oh, guys are going to do that. You can't trust them. No, it's a fear of loss is what it is. It's a sunk cost fallacy, the sunk cost thing. That's what I think I was looking for. Is it, it's, it's the loss of that investment. And the investment in this case is women's sexual agency. It's not what you, most guys don't care about your career, ladies. Sorry, I'm not sorry, but that's just simply the way it is. Most guys don't care. Carry on a conversation, be interesting, be fun, be you know flirty, be you know genuinely desirous of that guy for sure. But whether or not you have this, you know, you're a careerist or you're not is generally not the, the criteria that men use in their evaluations of your sexual market value. And that's the other thing I want to say. I want to kind of put the, the, the little period on the end of this thing here is that too many women lock themselves into this idea or, or marry the idea that their sexual market value is their personal worth. So what they've done, I'm not saying that it's it's a bad idea for you to go to college or it's a bad idea for you to, to do whatever it is that you want to do in your lives, ladies. Please go ahead and do that. Understand that there are consequences, as you can see from our, our, our example today on TikTok. Understand that there are prices to be paid by that and don't expect men to be the ones who are covering that cost. As you can see from this girl right here, it's like, damn, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, you don't know what you're going to do. Wouldn't it have been great if somebody, if a Rolo Tomasi had come along and, and said, hey, you know, you need to start thinking about things in the future in the future tense rather than like where you're at right now. Now, most women won't even hear you at that point because they're living high on the hall. They're, they're at the peak of their agency and the peak of their power. But what happens is women like this are sold a bill of goods according to a gynocentric social order and a gynocentric narrative that says any guy that doesn't like you, then he's just like, he, sh he should like you. Because it's all about social construction. It's all about um, the blank slate. It's all about what's inside, right? It's all about, and the fact of the matter is, it 
while that is important, it's also about other things as well. And what happens is when women are rejected in the long-term sense, when women have no prospects for a winner waiting at the at the finish line and they're 34 years old, they can get very, very desperate. They can get very despondent. They can get very depressed. Again, antidepressants are at the highest level that they've ever been prescribed for women right now. There's a reason for that, okay? So when you get to that point, ladies, you have to realize that your sexual market value is not as linked to your personal worth as you think it, that it ought to be. So when guys guys get aroused by you, it's not because they go, oh, well, gosh, it's great. She's this high-powered CEO and an alpha, I quote-unquote, alpha female. They're, they think she's hot. She's available. She's younger. She's hotter, tighter. I want to get with that. I want to tap that. Let's go. And that's where it starts. I'm not saying that that's the be-all, end-all, because everybody's going to say, oh, you just think it's all about the physical. Oh, boy, I would hate to be you. What about meaningful sex? Fine, but you got to get to that point. I don't care how... You know how intelligent if you know how intelligent you are. I don't care what your career is. I don't care, you know your philosophy degrees, ladies. If you are morbidly obese, that is not an aphrodisiac. Trust me, your career is not an aphrodisiac. Your your degree in whatever the hell you're in women's studies or whatever the hell it is that is not an aphrodisiac. And you know you might be Mother Teresa. You might have be you know, go work soup lines and help the homeless and and you know fight for you know the fight for the poor guys whatever it is you might be like I said you might be Mother Teresa, but just and that might make you a wonderful wonderful person, but that does not have anything to do with your sexual market value. It's completely completely divergent, and that is a big crime I think that the gynocentric social order sells women today. So that when they get to that, when they get to the epiphany phase, when they get to the wall, they think that, well, it must be men's fault because it's a social, they've, they've learned not to be attracted to me. No, that's just simply the biological facts. That's simply the way that men have evolved. So when you get to that point, ladies, when you get to 29 to 31 years old, somewhere around there, and you begin to hit the epiphany phase and you start thinking, I'm going to do things the right way, stop for a minute. And realize where you're at and realize what it is, what, what are the things that you need to do? And I'm not saying, but you know, you like women say, Oh, I got to, I got to, I got to submit. I'm not, if that's your attitude about it, then you're never, that's not insight, right? If your attitude is like, Oh, I'm just going to be, you know, sold into slavery. No, you're not going to be sold into slavery, but you do need to check yourself. You do need to check that hubris. Now, I don't know that that's true with this girl right here. I don't know her personally. But I will say this is that we live in a an era right now where women's hubristic nature is at an all-time high and the ego appeasement is at an all-time high and the simping, if that's what you want to call it, is at an all-time high. And you most likely will end up at about 34 years old, like this girl is right here, going, what just happened? What am I going to do? You know what? Nobody's going to care what you do and nobody's going to listen to your problems and no one's going, no one's coming to save you ladies because they're concerned with the girls who are younger, hotter, tighter. They're, they're concerned with the girls who are a decade younger than you right now. And it's not just men. I mean, it's the, the social order itself, the gynocentric social order itself. You're no longer a player. They don't care about what your problems are or they care about you insofar as they will pander 
to your insecurities and feed you some sort of security in the sense that, well, it's men's fault or it's society's fault or it's a social. We got we need to change the social fabric so that guys will find you attractive. I, I mentioned that in the last the last video. Change the game, change the nature of the game to suit your circumstances. And that's a dangerous place for women to be in as well. So when when they're when they're sold this bill of goods, they're sold this idea that this is what you know, this is what things ought to be. And it would be so, you know, feminism and the gynocentric social order would work so much better if men would just cooperate. Well, it's not that there's not an effort to try to get them to do that, but by and large, the, the guys that women want to get with at this age or in this sort of post epiphany phase realization, those, the guys that would still be, you know, appropriate for them, they don't want to have anything to do with them, first of all. And the second of all, Women don't want to lower their standards. They're taught. They're taught from the the smallest, from five years old. Never you 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 deserve the best, girl. You can do anything. You go, girl. That's what it's it, it's been for a long time, and that's what it's it's going to continue to be until we until we get women to be realistic about things. Until we start appealing to a a rational, reasonable like, here's what's going to happen if you don't do these things. And you know what? I don't care if you think that's judgmental. I don't care if you think that that's a horrible thing. That's the reality of, that's the nature of the reality that you're in right now. And you need to accept that. And you need to plan ahead for that. If you want to play the game, don't try to change the game, play it better. And women simply don't want that. This right here, this girl, this, the, the example I gave you today is a woman saying, I wish the game would change. I wish things would change for me. I was told that it was going to be this way. I was playing by a set of rules. And it turns out at 34 years old that there are, that, that this is these aren't actually the rules and if that's the case and you get despondent as a result of that you have two choices you can either have the insight to say i need to change something about myself and do something and, and play the game better or you can bitch and moan and complain and sedate yourself you know with antidepressants or, or box wine or whatever it is as you know, salve your ego <laughs> as Royce would say with you know, whatever it is, whatever escapism that you, you think is, is, and usually that escapism is many men, men don't want to man up and they'll complain about it until they hit 40 or 41. And then they'll, you know, <laughs> they'll turn into cougars, whatever, who knows. But again, I'm not saying this to hold women's feet to the fire as much as I'm saying like, this is, this is a bad situation. And if you want this to change, if you want things, if you want, to, if you want, you know, be, be the warning for the younger generation at least. Say if you don't want this, then teach the uh, teach the younger girls and say, look, you need to. Th these are the things that you need to do because they sure as hell won't listen to guys right now. They, like men don't have a say. We don't have a seat at the table, in in many different ways. <laughs> not just abortion. Not just not that. Not just that conversation. But like we don't have a seat at the table. We can't we can't say anything just simply because we're men, and that's just the way that the you know, the narrative has, has made it for guys. So some things to keep in mind, um, that is the epiphany phase in a nutshell. Again, epiphany phase is that time where women kind of come to terms with the fact that the party's not going to last forever. And they're going to have to either change something about themselves, or they're going to have to find some way to change the game to better so that they can play it better. And usually they end up like this girl right here, 34 years old, coming to the, coming to the realization that, they're not as competitive as they used to be. Remember, a wall doesn't start here. It starts up here. It's not you. There's plenty of there's plenty of 34 year old girls who are Fitness America pageant winners or just gorgeous, you know, hot, crazy hot girls. Not many, but it's not that it doesn't happen. 
The fact of the matter is, is that's probably not going to be you. <laughs> and by and large, these are things that need to be thought of 10 years when you're 24, not when you're 34. So keep that in mind. I hope you guys enjoyed this today. I hope this was a little bit more educational for you. And ladies, when you get to the point where you are at the epiphany phase, again, Remember, those the reason why you think certain things ought to go the way that you want them to is not necessarily because that's just the way the world is. It's the way that you've been taught and conditioned to believe that they ought to be. There you go. I'm Roll Tomasi. I will see you guys. Oh, I'm hosting uh, Rule Zero on Saturday at 11.30 a.m. It is my turn. So uh, on this channel, I will see you guys there, and uh, I will have a panel show. I don't know what the topic is, but there you have it. Uh, thanks for watching, and I will see you guys later. Bye-bye.